Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. It's your host Jaffa and once again I'm joined by Qudama. Hello. Daud. Hello. And Ali. Sup. How's everyone doing? It's been a while. Daud, have you um, had enough time to get over those Man United defeats since it's been a while since we last recorded? Uh, yeah, so we should probably say that that was the main reason why we haven't recorded. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for Daud to get over things. You the know. international yeah. break had nothing to do with yeah. it. It was yeah. a very sad time for him. It was a yeah. mental health break. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, And uh, what can I say? The other sadness was that we officially started tallying the trivia and Qudama was on the board with the first point. Ali and Daud are on zero, even though they've answered questions correctly before. But let's see who will grab the second available point. And the question is, who is Juventus' all-time top sco- goal scorer? Del Piero? That is correct. It's no. kind of like... I was going to say the full name, but then you just beat me Del uh, Piero. I think it's Alessandro Del Piero. Oh. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like Kodem is quick with it, whereas uh, like Ali has the knowledge, but you never like get there before yeah. Kodem says it. A little bit lazy. What can I say? The synapses are firing. Yeah, it's all good. It's all I mean, good. everybody's synapses are firing. So mine are firing uh, quicker. Two... <laughs> Two zero zero in Kodem's Shall I tell you favorite? something? I was expecting you to say that for Nappy. Nappy's all-time goal scorer. And I had it in order with Dries Mertens, um, Hamsik and Maradona. Damn, so you, you've formulated so, a yeah. whole different question. And <laughs> yeah. three available, the three available answers. Damn, imagine... Imagine you no. spent time answering the question that was asked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, his brain opened up a new window, man. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, shit, wrong team. Yeah. Oh, my days. Right. <laughs> well, Ali's already alluded to what we're going to talk about today. So we've done a few episodes in the past where we've sort of focused in on individual clubs, you know, if it's something about how to fix them in terms of like they're in shambles and, you know, transfer targets, managers, all that kind of thing. But today we're going to focus on the other side of the spectrum where it's a club that's doing really, really well. And that club is Napoli. Now, with Napoli, you know, and Italy in general, there's been the Juventus dominance. It was finally broken by Inter Milan last season. But as the way this season is going so far... Obviously, it's early days. It's only 12 league games played. But they're looking good. Now, the funny thing is, they're not top of the league in terms of uh, alone. They're tied top with Milan. Same points, same exact record. 10 wins, 2 draws, 0 defeats. But we're going to talk about what makes them so good this year. So, the first sort of aspect of the team that we're going to go through is their manager and their key players. Luciano Spalletti is the Napoli manager at the moment. Obviously, with Spalletti, I've spent a bit of time researching him. I think he's a well-known manager. Like, would you guys say he's probably one of the more highly rated managers in Europe? Like, uh, highly rated. I don't know. Highly rated. He, does he does he go under the radar though? Because he's he does, done really yeah. well. I would like, say he's uh, infamous. I would say, like, you know, he's well known in Syria. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely in, in his domestic. The funny sure. thing is, I would have thought right that he'd only managed in Syria, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about him and why he he's hasn't. such a good fit for uh, Napoli at the moment. So. As a, as an actual player, it's it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes the best managers really make like like they barely had like a significant playing career. Like he was only considered a semi-pro player in Italy, got only as high as Serie C, and uh, the most famous team he played for was Empoli, and that was the team he started his career with. So, so it's funny like how Mourinho and things like that, you know, such famous yeah. managers, but and, and Rafa Benitez, for example. Yeah. Like I wonder what it is about like managers who weren't really good players. Like is there a link there? Like did they learn the game? But I think Klopp was a bit of a crap player as well. Wasn't no, he? Klopp. Oh yeah, Klopp. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. Bundesliga. Two level, yeah. yeah. But then you have others that like Pep Guardiola, though, you know, and uh, well, I'd, I'd, and that kind I'd, of level. Well, he, was, he wasn't amazing though. He, yeah, he, was pro, he was a pro footballer. Guardiola was a star. Nah, Guardiola Boston. was a great player. Yeah, he way. was a great player, man. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't Ballon d'Or level, but you know, high end player for a top club. Like but outside of Boston. him, I, I can't really think what, of anyone what, else. What would you compare him? Conte, to? Conte as well. Guardiola. 
I don't know if you can compare well, it to Ancelotti, Ancelotti had a great uh, yeah. league playing career. Didn't, didn't he, he win the Champions League as a player under yeah. Sachi? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he, no, I don't think he won a, under Arrigo Sachi, but he played for Juventus and AC Milan, yeah. I believe, and Roma. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, Mancini yeah. as well. Mancini was a good player. Yeah, there's, some, mean, there's some examples. Oligon yeah, so. and Solskjaer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but with with uh, Spalletti in general, like in terms of his example, so after he finished playing like uh, with Empoli, he he became their manager and got the Eddie Howe special back to back promotions, aka the reverse Sunderland with their back to back relegation. Damn. Uh, just ha- throw that shot in there. Yeah. Any listening? Keep Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> More Sunderland remarks. Yeah. Please. So Jaffa uh, won. Sunderland zero. <laughs> yeah. So that was his first taste of top, uh, top flight action. He had to get it as a manager by getting back to back promotions with Empoli. But then the most noteworthy thing he did, like the first thing that sort of brought him to, like, oh, okay, this guy might actually be a talented manager that we've got on our hands in Italy. He guided Udinese to the Champions League in 2004-2005. You guys might recognise some of these players that he had from your FIFA playing days as a kid. Uh, Vincenzo La Quinta, Antonio Di Natale. That was, oh, that was Spalletti managing yeah. that team. Suleiman oh, wow. Tori. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's a And back. their keeper depth was Morgan De Sanctis and Samir Handanovic. No oh, way. Wow. They had both of those keepers at the time, so... Oh. No, a, a good team, and he made it memorable. I reckon that they're probably. I, I don't really know many Italian football fans, but I'd love to know if like they view that Udinese team the way that Newcastle fans view the fifth place finished team, like uh, sort of affectionately loved by the neutrals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean they haven't really done much outside of that team. I remember Di Natale is like was so good on FIFA, man. Like that you, team, you'd be one of those like. There's, yeah. there's always that one team on FIFA that comes every year that you just pick because they're like that. He always team. came on a free transfer as well. Did he on career mode? He's yeah. a club yeah. legend for them. He is. He yeah, retired, retired there, didn't he? Yeah. I'm fairly certain he did, yeah, like proper, like, uh, sort of, what do you call it? Iconic player yeah, for the club. Yeah. But yeah, so that was sort of um, uh, Spalletti's first successful, noteworthy moment in management, if if you don't consider back-to-back promotions noteworthy. But certainly like something that he did at the top level in Serie A. So that, that got Roma to be interested in him. And that was, he was appointed for Roma in 2005. The formation that he went for, and we're going to get more into the formation he uses in Napoli. Uh, I think Dowd's going to tell us a little bit more about that later on. But he went for four two three one with Roma with using Totti as a false nine all the way back in two thousand and five because I found it interesting when I came across that because he isn't false nine it's supposed to be credited to like Guardiola with the Messi usage in that in that period dominance like it seems like obviously it's been trialed before I, I think Messi kind of made the false nine a different role though wasn't like the evolution of the false nine was someone who really wouldn't score goals though like he just. Take yeah, the pressure that's, off that's how they but, said Totti was playing. Totti yeah. did yeah. play like uh, in the early 2000s. That's yeah. how he played. Yeah, but then Messi came along with the false nine role and yeah. was also is it the word Is the term trequartista, is that what you describe Totti as sometimes? Or? Yeah. Yeah, more or yeah. less. Those, those FM terms that you never really <laughs> understand what they're doing. Like, But when you're struggling, like, yeah, okay, I'll try him in the end gant role. Yeah. I don't know what it does, but <laughs> it sounds exotic enough to work. There you go. I mean, one of the things that he did with Roma never been done before was winning 11 league games in a row now when you hear that right you think he, he's got a title winning team on his hands right if you win 11 league games in a row would you predict that team is most likely to win the title I mean that's like almost a third of the season well the season. Not, not in today's terms 11 wins in a row man in the league like yeah I mean like well probably in the in not Serie A right Serie A yeah Serie A. has that record been since, since been broken though possibly it's fucking, I didn't fact check this but come on that Juventus team that won the league like 10 years in a row yeah. they must have done it 9 years 9 years 9 years but yeah he actually only finished 5th can you imagine winning 11 league games in a row but only finishing 5th damn Whoa. must have been a leaky defence not, not enough composure so you'd think that's your way for cup settled but no 
the Cassiopoli scandal in 2005. Oh, of course. Got Roma the Champions League. So he did it two two years in a row, winning. Uh, sorry, qualifying for the Champions Wait, League. Did that scandal not happen in 2006? Well, it was. T- this is the 2005-06 season. Sorry, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2005. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So he got Champions League with Roma. So he also won a Coppa Italia with Roma. That was his first like actual major trophy. The only other one was apparently they have a cup dedicated for the Serie C teams, Coppa d'Italia Serie C, mm-hmm. and he won that. But that was like his first major trophy, winning the Coppa Italia with uh, Roma. Uh, they actually smashed Mancini's Inter 6-2 in the first leg of the final. It was a two-legged final, Coppa Italia. Can you imagine that? Whoa. Like, the, the, he's actually had, like, really, really, um, like, an impressive managerial career so far. So, obviously, we're going to get more into his uh, Napoli influence in a moment. But then he went to Russia. So, we, we guys said, like, oh, he's only notable in Italy. But he went to Zenit St. Petersburg. Do you guys remember who they beat uh, to win the UEFA Cup and the UEFA Super Cup 2008? 2008. Was it uh, Atletico Madrid? Ali, no. you should know. You've, oh. got, you've got an interest in one of these football leagues. Schalke. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'm guessing it was... I'll give you a trivia point as, <laughs> as a bonus if <laughs> you get it right. Was it Celtic? You're in the right ballpark. Rangers. It's Rangers. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought when you mentioned... I, I remember um, at that time Rangers were a challenger for Europe, Europe yeah. League or UEFA Cup, you'd call it. So I've just oh. set this up as a football trivia because I want to show. Fuck Rangers, by I want to show on Man United again because they beat Man United in the Super Cup. Sheee. Can you imagine that? The UEFA yeah. Cup winners beating the Champions League winners. Wow. Then it beat Manchester United in the 2009 Super Cup. I, I declined yeah. to comment. Super declined Cup, to comment. Probably didn't watch it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing as well. This this isn't even Spalletti's achievements, by the way. This is just what Zenit was doing before he got appointed. So it's just like, it's funny because he's always gone to a club in like a, a good groove for them. He he won his first league title. He won two overall in Russia and he, he also won two of the trophies. So his Russian spell, four trophies, comes back to Italy and goes It's crazy. To, like, I honestly first heard about him really was when he was at Milan. I'm not going to lie. Nah, he was at when Roma he was before. Yeah, I, I, I remember this guy. Like his face is not a forgettable face. Like he's a very recognizable. He looks like figure. a kind granddad. Like that's how I've seen. No, nah, I think he's a grumpy twat. A grumpy twat. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, got no, a kind. It's what? mad because I've seen him in a tracksuit, and he looks like one. Of the, he looks like a movie star because he's bald, right? And he's got like a bit of a mustache. Yeah, he wore a tracksuit at Inter, though, didn't he? He never used yeah. to wear one at Roma. He used to wear a suit at Roma. Because yeah. when I used to watch Roma, they had Salah back and Salah, Totti, El Sharawi. To be fair, well, that was his, his spell at Roma, the second one I was yeah. supposed to come to, because it's like, he went back to Roma in 2016. Do you guys remember the team that they had? with Nyangalan. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that team. Yeah, so they, they almost, well, I say almost, but they pushed Juventus really close to winning. Yeah, the a couple of times. Yeah, finished second, four was points that, of you. Uh, Totti's last season, right? Y- was 16, was 17 season was Totti's last season. Yeah. Because that was a season before Salah went to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Because w- plus I have here. I have the top. I got that top for my friend's birthday. Oh, the, nice. Like a way top. Which it's Totti interesting won. that you mentioned Totti because in that last season he um, he complained about a lack of playing time with Spalletti and Spalletti benched him. Like he instead of. Oh, like, he benched him loads. Roma fans were absolutely apoplectic with that. Like, can you imagine? Like, if do you remember when I don't know for them you know the story when Rude Hullet benched Chira for the yeah dog I do of course and yeah. we lost in the rain. Like that's, I feel like Roma fans must have gone absolutely ballistic at him for benching such a talisman as Totti. And that's why he left. But it worked much. out in the end, you know. Totti gave him his props because he started scoring goals off the bench. He sort of became like a, a super sub. Kind of like how Zidane was managing Ronaldo's minutes. Not so much in like coming off the bench, but he was yeah, playing a bit like less. Like a lesser version league. of that, yeah. So yeah. Obviously, like it just shows that like, uh, Spalletti's got like the tactical acumen and he's not afraid of the egos in the dressing room. He's, he's, he's a really like, uh, I've been really impressed reading up on him. And obviously he had that spell with Inter Milan 17-18. Got them back into the Champions League again, you know. So he's he's done a couple of things with clubs where he's getting them in the Champions League that they haven't had that taste for a while. Uh, but obviously with Inter Milan, he just fell short again of the beast that was Juventus at the time. Uh, and now back with Napoli. So un- unbelievable start. Like I said, 10, ten wins, two draws. 
and they've only conceded four goals in the league. Everyone else has conceded at least in double digits, so they're going really, really well uh, so far. So that that's um, the discussion on the manager. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. Based on what I've said about Spalletti, based on the little things that we've just about, is he, you know, is he the title winning, title winning? Is he the potential title winning manager for them? Like they don't need anybody else. Like he'll believe on to secure them titles. Yeah. No, I think. Oh. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think possibly because he's almost in an, like coming at the right time where the league's on a resurgence, but also at the same time at the top of the league there's been a bit of a downfall there's mm. no like one you know homogeny of or monopoly of uh of Juventus, Juventus there anymore broken down. has yeah. he tried to employ the same philosophy as he tra- has done because i to be honest with you can't remember much about his philosophy of how he wants clubs to play football well uh you're going to tell us a little bit more about that setup later on but yeah i think there's been a bit of a difference because he does seem to have been favoring more of a 4-2-3-1 in his previous teams so uh but you can tell i mean Napoli seem very ball dominant at the moment. We're, we're going to get more into like how they play later on. Um, but yeah, so with with uh, with him, it's funny because he's won trophies and won league titles in Russia. But you know, at the moment, it seems like in Italy, he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Hasn't won the league yet, so he'll be hoping to swap the stilettos for a scudetto at uh. the end of the season. <laughs> there you go. We'll Damn. <laughs> we'll get That's pretty good, you know. I'm not gonna lie. Swap the stilettos for a scudetto. Yeah, I, I thought of it, and I was like, I have to mention it to be honest. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough about the manager. Let's get into their key players. So I'm not going to mention every, you know, everyone in the starting eleven, but I'll just go through the spine of the team. So I think all of us on this table, we know the strengths of the goalkeeper, right? Davide Ospina. Yeah. 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 I don't think he's like an elite goalkeeper, but I do think he's he does he doesn't get as much credit as he should. Like I don't know if it's because of being a meme club like Arsenal. Yeah, I was going to say. Defeat, I feel you know? like the Premier he played League well. Arsenal. I felt he was okay though. He was never like outstanding. Like n- definitely not as good at um, as he is Napoli though for sure. Yeah. Like he did have so he was always like a howler in him. He's like he's a, si- like a Simon Mignolet level esque. Like the, as good as he could play and getting Liverpool. I think to, he's a like, bit better than Mignolet. I have to. Mignolet is not good, bro. So Mignolet, he's a good shot. A good shift. A good shifting for Klopp. Mm. Well, he had one, one the season year? the club then it went to bloody Carries and Allison. alright well yeah. how about Chesney level uh, at Arsenal Ooh, I don't know if he's Chesney level no, Chesney's, no, Chesney level. Chesney's oh. really good but he became really good at Juventus I would say somewhere he was between. given a chance he's not the biggest goalkeeper stature wise but he's still like really like imposing he's very it. commanding yeah He's uh yeah and he's always been solid for the national team as well, hasn't he? So, yeah, so, so oh, yeah. Far, he's only conceded three goals in the league because the other goalkeeper Merritt, which is decent competition to be honest, Merritt's well, quite very, highly rated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he's he's conceded one goal and uh, so he's got seven clean sheets so far. He's on he's and his xG conceded in terms of how many he's been expected to concede is seven point seven. So the fact that he's only conceded three, you know, that's showing uh, quite a strong performance in net. Wow. And uh, you know, obviously a lot of. He's only making 2.1 saves per match, which like ranks him 12th in the league, which shows you that he's got a really dependable defence around him, which we're going to get into in a moment. But yeah, I mean, poor Empoli goalkeeper Vicario is making 3.7 uh, saves per match, and he's just been a chilling in the Napoli net with only 1.2 to make. And a big reason for that is Khalidou Koulibaly. Yeah, legend. Now, again, I'm not going to get into stats with Koulibaly because we've all watched him, right? Like, he has to be, I feel like, the player with the most transfer rumours I've ever seen. Yeah. So it's, it's quite nice to see him being so loyal to Napoli all these years later, you know. Uh, I think they've given some honorary citizenship in Naples as well, you know. I was reading yeah. that up somewhere. I think, he do you think the, the club, ship has sailed for, for a move for him? Because he's still good enough and young enough to move if he wanted to. I think, yeah, I think, um, 
you know there was rumours when I think was it Liverpool wanted him I feel like every club in yeah. England wanted him everyone, like everyone, everyone wanted him but well, they were the closest right Liverpool I were thought, closest I to thought getting Bayern I thought, no I thought it was Man City then oh Man City Man sorry, City were yeah, the closest, City were closest. No, no, I thought Chelsea was, as well I thought it was Bayern and, but they signed up for Meccano which is basically Koulibaly but quicker Nah, Upper no, 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 no. McConnor doesn't hold the candle to. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Upper McConnor makes Obviously, a lot more mistakes. Younger as well. Upsy McConnor, man. Like, do you know what I mean? McConnor, my guy. <laughs> no, but. I remember when City were close to getting Koulibaly, yeah. but then that issues initially getting Jorginho, who went to Chelsea. Yeah, that's so that's what I'm saying though. I remember when that rumor died, like when that window closed, and he didn't end up making that move. I feel like after that, it kind of just became accepted. Like, okay, he's not getting his big move, and mm. eventually he'll. He seems happy at Napoli, you know, despite the transfer rumors. He loves the club; they love him. So it's a beautiful city. Do you know how yeah. highly I rate him? I feel like probably the like that's that sort of like blend between his te- technical ability, like speed and size. Like the only other player I can think of in Europe that rivals it is Van Dijk. Like yeah. that mobility on the ball in the agility. Yeah, I, I think, think he might he even be more of a threat than Van Dijk at set pieces as well. I like think Koulibaly. so, yeah. I think what Koulibaly has that old school aura about him of a centre back where just by the sheer f- like fact of having him in that back line, the rest of the defenders will look at him and think, all right, we're okay. We've got Koulibaly with us. Like he just, he's so, so big. He does, I feel like. He's so dependable. Like K- just Chiellini is like that for the for yeah, he, he's for Juventus and the know, national team. That um, What's the... Italian term for that defensive style of football. Catenaccio. Catenaccio, yeah. yeah. He's just got that embedded in him and he's just so dependable. Like you see him on the pitch and you think, all right, we're okay. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because they've given him a really dependable partner in uh, Costas Manolas as well. Oh, Manolas, yeah. So, well, he yeah. worked under he played Spalletti at, yeah, uh, Roma. in Roma, didn't he? Yeah, Roma. So, like, I feel like the, the Napoli defence is, is looking like, like I say, they've only conceded four <laughs> goals so far. It's looking good. Uh, the other player I want to get into now, Dawood, you might have more to say about him in terms of the role he's got in the current setup, but it's Fabian Ruiz. Yeah. So, other than looking. Man, other what than a being, player. Yeah, I mean, part time James Madison lookalike, part time footballer of <laughs> Napoli. Um, I feel like he sort of, after his move from Batiste, it took him a while to get going. It wasn't really the best of uh, sort of starts for him, but now he's got such a crucial role in the uh, Napoli setup, playing as the holding midfielder. Flanked by uh, uh, Anguissa. Yeah, Anguissa and uh, what's his name? Z- is it Zielinski? Zielinski, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is a, I think that's such a good midfield trio. Like I know that Alan is difficult to replace. Shall, uh, shall I tell you what's a, what was a better midfield than that? Hamsik, Alan, and Jorginho. Hamsik, Alan, oh, Jorginho. Definitely. Oh, but now they, I, I feel like if I feel like they've replaced them well. They've replaced with, with them with well. Like, yeah. Isn't that, it's not crazy? Like you've just said that, and I totally agree with you. That's a, such an incredible trio, and they've still got a really good trio yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know sometimes when a club goes through like a golden period and struggles so much to replace their players, like years on end. Like that, that speaks a lot to Napoli's recruitment that they've been able to get yeah. such a dynamic midfield straight away. Like a Tottenham or like. Well, the, have you yeah. have you seen uh, Chairman? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like with Fabian Ruiz at the moment being sort of like the the flanking player, he's making one point five key p- uh, passes per match as well. So he's still trying to be creative. He leads the league in accurate passes per match with sixty nine point five, and even though he's got that role in the holding, you know. Like you'd, you'd expect him to be winning it's the ball. Paul, in it's Paul because of his role as yeah. in midfield that he is getting those um, stats. But he is one stat that you'd expect someone higher up to get. He's won possession in the final third seven times this season already. In their team, that's only second to Insignia, who's got eight. So wow. even though he's behind Insignia like massively on the pitch, it's as always it speaks to Spalletti's system again, though, doesn't it? Like how high they're pressing, how aggressive they're being, a sign of a confident team that he's getting such you know such an impact in the final third. And finally, another player that I don't really need to tell you guys how good he is, is Lorenzo Insigne. Pretty much the talisman of Napoli since Hamsik left. Like, he's sort of assumed that leadership role. He's got even better, I Yeah, think. he's Mr. Napoli and now he's looking like he's leaving. You know what I mean? 
He's looking like he's leaving. Yeah, well, yeah. rumors to Chelsea. <laughs> rumors to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Rumors to Chelsea. Well, Newcastle. I can't. See. Well, you, it's it's more of the Newcastle financial are going to be linked issues. with everyone now, but I mean, I'll Newcastle are linked to me. <laughs> I don't think so. No. They, they stop. They stop somewhere. Come on, they've got standards. That's right. Yeah, you know, is the Shearer's bar is looking for you know a bar. <laughs> <laughs> if, they're, if they're looking, they can look at you, the mate. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Oh, wow. uh, but with Insignia so far, right? He's actually underperforming this season so far. So his xG is eight point six, and he's only scored four goals, and they've all been penalties so far. And wow. I think it's well, maybe that's why his xG is so high, though. Yeah, I think that... Uh, loads of people have been saying it's the hangover effect from, from the Euros, though. I mean, isn't a penalty pretty much the highest XG you can have in a shot? I would imagine so, yeah. Unless it's like a tapping open net, that's probably so the only thing yeah. higher. But yeah, it's just... It's, I think he's like, at the moment, he's really, really high up and the big chances missed as well. Um, so I think in terms of... The funny thing is, the, the attack is going through him because there's one more player that I want to discuss, which is Victor Osman. Of course. But Insigne is shooting 1.5 shots on target per match at the moment. And... Osman is only shooting, uh, I think it's 1.1. So the attack is actually going through Insigne more and he's missing a lot. So if he actually does start finding his feet, then Napoli are going to get even scarier, you know. So it's interesting how well they've played so far and one of their best players in Insigne has just looked like, you know, he's he's been decent, he's been positive, still creating chances, you know, getting his assists. But I'm sure, I'm sure uh, there's a level that we'll get into it more. But would you say right now, are they out overperforming their metrics then? No, not it, as a team. This is just individually. So they're not even, Osman. there's like no, like, there's not much risk of regression to the mean then? Well, We'll definitely talk about their title chances in a moment, but uh, yeah, of course, they could always play worse, right? Like, they've had as yeah, good a start yeah. as you could expect, but yeah, I, I don't think it's something that's unsustainable, though. It's not like it's a team that's I'm trying to think of one, like uh, Brentford, for example, where they started off yeah. really well in the Premier League and it's, tail- it's already tailed off, like, it didn't even last three, four months, you know? But the last player we'll talk about 70 million euro price tag, Victor Osman. Yeah, I mean, he, like, was. Such a uh, ghost in the last season, right? Injuries and never like people were saying he's a flop, and then like the Napoli fans saying like no, in the minutes he's had he's good, but I mean he's finally showing it now. Yeah, he really is. I mean, last year he had a shoulder injury which kept him out for two months, and you know he still he still did a respectable return of ten goals in twenty four league games. You know, like that's probably not you'd want more from a seventy million player, right? You'd want a lot more from a seventy. But <laughs> considering he came from, you know, French league. No, no, from injury. Oh, right, yeah. 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 And he's only, by the way, he's only first, 22. He wouldn't be 21 first, yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. As well, yeah. This is a long-term investment for Napoli, but I think that they've really, like, the fact that they've got such a classic number nine, like, I don't know if he's ever going to be as good as Cavani for them. That's big shoes to fill right there. Higuain's even bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Higuain, yeah. So there's, like, it's, a, it's not like he's coming in and thinking, all right, I finally solved their striker problems. No, you've actually got standards that you have to reach for the strikers that they've had before. It's, it's interesting with Napoli that they haven't won the league, despite having, like, They've, they've had such a legacy in the last sort of 10 years, haven't they, with the sort of players they've had, the football they've played and, you know, big moments in the Champions League. So that, that's that's pressure for Spalletti and the players. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, he's only getting 1.1 shots on target per match and the fact that he's already scored 5 and 10, you know, like, when you know when we were younger, they used to say the barometer for a good striker is scoring one every other game, isn't it? Like, if yeah. you've got yeah. a one and two strike rate, which he's got at the moment, you know, nothing wrong with that. Unless you're Messi or Ronaldo. Unless you're Messi and Ronaldo where, what, you scored like five goals in one game. <laughs> that, that's the rate they, they expect of you. But yeah, I mean, so those are the key players, lads. Uh, so I suppose in terms of my section, the last question I want to ask you guys is, you know, is that squad, is it a title-winning squad? Yeah, I think it is. It's a, it's a title-winning squad if they play well. Oh, my dear. <laughs> what the heck? It's, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's such a Michael answer. It's hard to say because um, I would say, look, the, I would say the top six, every single team, given a good manager... 
they they could win the league. Uh, Roma have got a good that. enough team. Roma Milan, have a good in, enough team uh, in the league. Atlanta, uh, Juventus. We, do you remember we did a um, Juventus? What? Juventus. Yeah, Juventus. Uh, do have Juventus still have a, yeah, a, a squad, title but winning they team win. for Serie A? They had a better manager. No, this is the thing. It's Serie A, and they all are yeah. competitive teams. Yeah, it's an open league. For I'll sure. say it's an open league. I'll say the squad's good enough to win, but will they win? No. Oh, you don't think they will? No, they won't win. Who's so? Who's your pick? Milan. Um, I'll tell. I'll, I'll explain right. at the end. It's all good. Okay. So next, we'll well, let's. We've already asked that question, but let's get more into it. So we'll talk about their season objectives and targets. Then, what is this team? You know, what's the ceiling for this team? Right. I mean, Napoli now, like you said, have had that resurgence in the mid noughties and like people outside of Italy. You know, you neutrals, your your football hipster fans that kind of look at other leagues. You think, you know, Napoli is a team that should be winning the title, or you know, a mainstay in the Champions League. But it wasn't always the case. I mean, before. I mean, in the last five seasons, they've they finished fifth this last season under Catuso. They finished seventh the season before that, so they've been in Europa League a couple seasons yeah. in a row now. Before that, under Sarri, obviously, they pushed the league title. I think they got 92 points and didn't win the league, yeah. was it? And then, like, you know, that attack with Higuain and, and Cavani and all that. And after Sarri left, they've kind of, like, tailed off a bit. But I think if you would ask the fans of Napoli, like, what they want, like, this season going into it, they would just tell you the Champions League, to be honest. Like, that's where they expect to be. But is it based on, like, how they've started? That's a bit of a letdown now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, when I was like looking into that, um, do you know 538, the football predictions? Oh, the projected ones. Yeah, yeah. they actually had Napoli, um, the chance of winning the title, uh, Champions League qualification, 72% at the start of the season, which was the highest of any Serie A club. Oh, okay. And they had them uh, at 27% to win the title, which was also the highest of every any Serie A club. Oh, so, so even without... So 538, yeah. you know, like, Patty Sars on the back, I mean, it looks like they, uh, you know... They got it right, and and today, as like when I checked it today, the Champions League qualification uh, percentage is eighty nine percent. So oh, it's unlikely they miss out on top uh, four make now. It, man. Like, it'll take some spectacular. And, and they're thirty nine percent to win the league. So if you know if you believe in five three eight algorithms and projections, then you know s- stick a cheeky tenor on it. I wonder what Leicester fans would have to say about that in fifteen. Cheeky tenor. Yeah, but I mean, that's like I don't think their form is actually that like. Uh, Unexpected, you know, because I looked at the previous season, the way they ended it, they were unbeaten in the last nine in the league, wow. and yeah, the um, up in the and they only lost one in the last sixteen wow. of the of the league. So yeah. the team has gone through a change of manager, but the form of the actual players is, is, is continuing. Gattuso. Oh yeah, it's they were yeah. run up in the Super Coppa Italia for such a healthy yeah. season. Then I wonder, I can't. Does anyone remember why Gattuso left? I think he was just like took and the team as far as he could. He was yeah. brought in kind of yeah. like to s- stabilize it, and then they saw that Spalletti was. Because um, Spalletti was a, uh, I still feel like a fifth, yeah. being fifth in the table. No, this at is being Napoli. First job since the Inter Milan season. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah, but I'm saying like the he keeps available and they wanted yeah. someone to to push the to push the team. But um, but yeah, I mean, even though their form at the end of the last season was good, like I think um, I don't think many people would have expected more than Champions League for one reason is that like didn't their president Dirolentis. Uh, you know, notorious for his, his big mouth. Let's say, but he came out the start this, uh, before the season. Was saying like the number of problems at um, uh, Napoli are innumerable. He's like our finances are, are dire, and that's one of the reasons why Insigne is actually at risk to leave because he wants a new contract to pay rise, and they just can't mm. give it to him. And he's in, he's actually out of contract in 2022. So Amanda Stavely, if you're listening, uh, January coming up, uh, just just send a couple offers uh, down to Naples. I'd be up for that. Like. But yeah, I mean. Beyond the Champions League, I don't think they've expected more. But now, like you say, that they've started so well, especially in the Europa League as well. I think top of their group in the Europa League, um, probably pushing for a late run there, maybe even 
trying to go. Well, I think they should the, aim to win. Yeah, that, yeah, they win the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is though with the Europa League, is that once the Champions League teams drop in there, yeah, it, it becomes difficult. I mean, usually. Well, it depends if Emery Would you expect them to have to make a choice between league and Europa League? And obviously, if you have that choice, you I think they will because time. the transfers they brought in in the summer, they did. They actually only brought in three players, and what, and two of them were backups. So they brought uh, Juan Jesus from Roma, who's not played mm. any minutes, I don't think, in the league, or like no, he's played three games off the bench, and then they've got uh, Marfella as well. So he's a backup to Ospina, and he hasn't even played backup yeah. keeper. And then they brought in Anguissa from Fulham, unknown. Bro, I honestly think Anguissa is such a good signing. Yeah, I he, know he's I been highly played class. Player, yeah, he's I mean, been he played crap at Fulham, but yeah. I don't think he did. You know, I remember like um, when we played Fulham last year at home, and they got a red card, and I thought, okay, Newcastle's going to go on to win this game. Anguissa took over, man. He he was dominating on. Oh, by the way, our midfield is like so shit anyway. so yeah. anyone can dominate them, but. I've been impressed with Anguissa. I thought that was such a good pickup for Napoli. He was, but he's only on loan, so like, not even uh, an option, to, uh, obligation to buy or anything like that. They probably will try and negotiate something, you know, given how well he started. But that just points to their financial situation at the minute, where mm. that's what they're relying on. Meanwhile, they've lost players like Haisai, or whatever how you pronounce it, and Mas- Maximovic and Bakayoko as well. So yeah. more players have gone out than have have come in. So yeah, yeah that might be a case of trying to you know manage the league or manage the Europa League when it comes to it because ultimately if they win the Europa League yeah it's massive silverware for a club like Liverpool, uh, Liverpool? For, a club <laughs> like, for a club like Napoli don't know why Liverpool got into my, my head there but um, Champions League is what they want and yeah. if winning it is going to give them Champions League and they could push for the title that's the biggest silverware that's what gets them Champions League also they'll probably probably have to manage expectation alright yeah but you know looking good to hit their targets so far and and uh, you know, play some good football. That's interesting. Like Kodema's section sort of made me think about <laughs> them not winning the league anymore. Just from like that was I that wasn't like 100% negative. But you've mentioned enough negatives. That I'm thinking actually, yeah, maybe they're not in the healthiest position. But yeah, I mean, that's the, they're just punch, I don't want to say punching above their weight, but they're achieving more than they're expected to. I mean, when your own president comes out before the start of the season and says we've got only a few days and innumerable problems to talk about, it's kind of like he's tempering expectations, but he's also like trying to tell the fans like don't expect much all right. at all. So really. in terms of Achieving expectations, Dawood, what can you tell us about the way Spalletti's got them playing at the moment? Like, what what has this team done so far on the pitch? You know, that's given them such a good start. So, I think first starting off is, you know, uh, Napoli were doing really well under Sari, uh, weren't they? And they they played a particular type of very attractive football that got a lot of people's heads turning. Sari ball, Sari ball, and um, essentially, a lot of people would say Spalletti is employing an aspect of sorry ball but using Fabian Ruiz as a focal point of that sorry ball obviously is it is um you know very f- uh, synonymous with vertical lines using triangles to try and uh, uh ensure that the players when they're on the ball they've got a a pass on either side to to help uh, alleviate stress but also keep in uh, p- possession so that's why they dominate possession which, which uh, again this year they've been dominating possession uh, by far, um, I think if I get the uh, the stats up again, it is on average fifty nine percent. Wow, that's a and hard time. The, the the nearest is fifty six percent, which is a solo. So Sassuolo, really? Yeah, yeah. So none of the other top six. No. Wow. So it you know it could it could mean that you know uh, Napoli are hoarding their the ball. Um, it's actually a bit synonymous with how a Pep please um yeah with uh, keeping the ball trying to dominate around the, the wings if not trying to find some space in between the the two def- um central uh, defenders 
But I think the main thing with, with Sarri Ball is no matter if it was short passing or long passing or medium length passes, <laughs> he would he would get the players um, revolving around the players on the ball. So if you'd be uh, you'd be a ba- basically your position would be attached to another position. Um, yeah. So if you're a right uh, right wing back, your position would be uh, essentially um, tied to the right midfielder or the right winger. So if the right winger had the ball, you would be running up to him and making sure that you you're there for support to yeah. if he needs to pass it off to try and recycle the possession again. If you're if the right midfielder has the ball, um, depending on the situation where the right winger is, if he's tightly cut, um, tightly um, marked by the right uh, the right back of the opposition team. The right back, the right wing back for your team would start to run around the right wing back, like overlaps. Overlap, yeah, but always um, looking at to try and keep the triangle formation yeah. and cause a very long vertical pass. And that's you, you, you saw this in Chelsea as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of the wing backs used to um, cut in um, behind the the opposition's right back, and uh, you know that that would start an attack. Mm. That essentially, Spalletti is is kind of doing the same, but now he's using Fabian Ruiz as a focal point of the ho- yeah. ev- everything in terms of attacking. The funny thing is, you mentioned about sorry, but Jorginho seemed like the centerpiece for that, so I think it, he needed to find someone. That, so it's Fabian Ruiz, isn't it? Like basically. Ex- exactly, but yeah. uh, the way that Spalletti's been using Fabian Ruiz is is that so Fabian Ruiz was playing four two three one uh, one under Gattuso's regime, right yeah. now. He's more. It's more of a four-two-four, but essentially, when they start the the the, the game, it's a four-three-three on paper. Yeah. He, he actually plays more towards the opposition's half, right? Yeah. In their attacking position, and to recycle possession, they don't look at triangles as much. They look at Fabian Ruiz. So, if your left wing back has got the ball, he will try and give it to Fabian Ruiz and uh, Ruiz will start to uh, come in and form that triangle and form that vertical line be it short pass medium pass long pass it's the same with if it was the right winger if it was the left winger and it would be uh, basically transitioning via it's Fabian like Ruiz a bit of a Busquets role doesn't it like he does yeah uh, yeah essentially a Busquets role and if you look at um his uh, you know range of passing um he's actually in terms of the graph his range of passes are pretty much even across the the ball in terms of uh, facing towards the opposition. Um, he obviously has his more favourite side of being on the left because he generally plays on, a bit on the left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that essentially has, if anything, has given uh, Napoli their, I don't know, like uh, their, their foundation of yeah. any attacks. Like a spine. The spine. Um, it's, it's sort of how they play, isn't it? It's their identity. Cause it, exactly. When you were mentioning about them being possession-oriented, and you were saying that, is it 59% you mentioned? Yeah. Which is insanely high, by the way. Like, they... It's not like... You know, sometimes you can have possession for possession's sake, but they're shooting, like, third third most in the league with 5.3 shots on target per match. Yeah. Second to Roma with 5.4, and Inter was first with 5.6. So, so there's, you know, there's an attack and output there, isn't there? Is that oh down yeah. to, like, the key passes of Ruiz, or is that, like, more the front three fashioning uh, their uh, own chances? Uh, essentially... coming from anywhere, though, uh, isn't uh, it? Uh, uh, the creation, actually, a lot of the time is coming from Fabian Ruiz, uh, which is crazy. And then Zielinski also has a, has a uh, great role this year. Um, if anything, I feel like he's been deployed in a in a role that really suits him. If Fabian Ruiz isn't playing, uh, Zielinski is probably doing the job, and Anguissa is literally the mop up guy. Yeah. He's like the Frank Chessy uh, of um, oh, of, of really Napoli. That's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it works s- seamlessly. 
you know like yeah. they, they all know what the job is and if anything Spalletti's given them the freedom to say you know express yourself uh, and they are gifted players I don't think they could. you could do this with another player you know I, I'm, I'll give you an example yeah. um, Donny van der Beek you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know even though he is quite a technical but uh, you know in terms of expressibility you have to identify a, per- a person who could do those things now in terms of attacking wise I think there's not been much of a change from how they've played before. They use the wing backs. Dries Merton is the focal point. You know, at uh, get it to the wings. Dries Merton, I thought he, he was. I thought the attack these days is more. Well, Ozzyman, Ozzyman, Essentially, Ozzyman, uh, Dries Merton's they oh, they swap around. Um, uh, what you call it, Lozano of of the thing. L- like Lozano, Politano, Insigne. Uh, they're the main wingers that are yeah. are you know basically. So the striker role is usually Mertens and Ozzyman. Yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. And uh, essentially, it's just crossing or um, you know, uh, I think both Ozzyman and Mertens are great at yeah. um, breaking through the back four and just you know nipping so in behind the defender. Yeah, but do you know how like Napoli now? I'll just ask you a question. Like the reason they're top of the league, you know, obviously Milan are doing just as well as them. Same exact record: twelve, uh, twelve played, ten won two drawn zero losses but obviously Napoli's got five more in goal difference so they've but it's not because they've scored more they've actually scored less than Milan but they've conceded a lot less yes and is that down to their possession like is that why they're conceding it's just because they're just so stingy with the ball that the team can't even get it to score uh, exactly I think that's 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 a bit a big point isn't it um it's the it's the constant possession uh, trait that they've basically developed by okay we need to recycle possession we're not going to do any of those um, risky balls we're going to you know trust trust Fabian Ruiz essentially um, and uh, if if uh, Fabian Ruiz um, you know messes up or um, you know if they have a counter attack uh, we've got Anguisa to to try and mop it up right. um, they've also been using um, a, a player called um, Demi uh, and uh, he's been he's been okay he's 29 years old um, yeah, th- you can play? see. What's his position? He's a defensive midfielder. He's like Anguissa's um, replacement. Is he? Oh, right. off the uh, yeah, so second choice DM really. Yeah, and Lobotka as well. He's oh, a, Lobotka. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 pretty good. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I don't think he's employing any. Like this is the question I was asking before. I I don't really remember Spalletti using a f- like a type of f- football brand that he used to bring. You know, like I'll give you an example. Like Mourinho, obviously now is a, you know big game uh, person. He, he's renowned for winning the big games by either parking the bus, counter attacking. Um, you know, Pep Guardiola with his uh, intricate, dominated possession with you know Tiki Taka. Uh, Klopp will get a you know yes, getting pressed, but like a balanced manager, but more more oriented towards four at the back formations at least. Like I don't think he's one of those with the the whole wing back thing and distribution from three centre backs like no doesn't seem like it at all and th- this is the thing I think he's adopted Sarri ball but then also adopted what Gattuso was doing well with the 4-2-3-1 yeah, I think there's a lot of stability with the setups that I had previously that he's adding to rather than revolutionising the team which yeah. is quite nice for him because like on the heat maps essentially it's a 4-2-4 by the end of the end of the match yeah. and it does depend because obviously these matches I'm guessing they're playing against you know um uh, like you weaker know, the, sides. the weaker sides where they can overload. Well, they've already played and beat you, but maybe you could call them a weaker side the way they've been going. Sure. Essentially, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's interesting to see what what they'll do with um with with the the bigger teams yeah. in the. Well, I tell you what, one of the matches that we should all look out for after the international break, Sunday the twenty first of November, it's Inter Milan at the San Siro against Napoli in the league. 
Um, so we're going to look out for their strengths and weaknesses, and that brings us to Ali's segment because we've talked about the players they've got, we've talked about the manager, we've just talked about their setup. But when you watch the team, what are they good at and what are they bad at? You know, in terms of the setup that they've got at the moment. Right. Just just to let you all know. Um, everyone can watch that game, but I'd say the week after is a bit more interesting. Lazio versus Napoli. Ooh. You know, teams are blue. You know, the games are coming fo- up. Fours of Lazio. We're oh. going to slap them silly. But, okay. We're going to. Aren't you a Liverpool fan? Man, fours of Lazio, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Roma as well. <laughs> um, Napoli fans, you remember when Alisson made that beautiful save and that just led Liverpool winning the Champions League? Just remember that as well. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, We're talking about Napoli. <laughs> I just asked you a specific question about the strength and weaknesses and you're talking about Liverpool. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> just amazing. Honestly. Just me. Uh, just casual Ali things. Which Ali just let me ask you though quickly, is, is, which is the bigger uh, rivalry? Is it Lazio-Napoli or Inter-Napoli? Inter-Napoli. Inter-Napoli. Right. That, just, that's just my opinion. Though. Fair enough. That's, that's really? all. Yeah, interesting. I'm really saying Lazio... Lazio and right. Napoli. Are so really I guess we'll watch because, to be honest, I might watch both of these. So Inter and Napoli again. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like, imagine Mauricio Sarri going back to Naples and playing Sarri ball. So what How should we look out for? How fucking amazing would that be? Yeah. <laughs> what should we look out for with Napoli? What, actually, are, they, yeah, what are they good at and what are they bad at? Right. I've, right, I've actually talked more about the weaknesses and why Napoli could possibly actually. Yeah, the bias, the, the Latio bias. Uh, fall apart. Well, let's hear it. No, 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 We've no, been no, mostly no. positive about them, so true, I'd, true, I'd we be have interested if you no, want to right. lead with the weaknesses. So, I was, I was looking at a couple of highlights. I don't watch Napoli because, you know, why the fuck do I want to watch Napoli? I don't really like them, <laughs> right? Um, one player which I did highlight was, what's his name? Amir Rahmani. Played centre-back mm. for, what do you call it, for Napoli. He was on loan at Hellas for a couple of seasons as well. Yeah, yeah. And he played the last match as well. Anytime I watched him... He's always making a small error or the all goals get conceded. Mm. So the game which I want to highlight was the Hellas Verona game where what you call the Simeone scored. Uh Mario we got beaten and what happened was uh Giovanni Simeone beat uh Amari, what's, what's his name, Manis Rahmani, Rahmani uh, to the to the ball. I remember in this game though, uh, neither Koulibaly or Manolas were No, playing. no, no, yeah. no, I know, I know. But uh, what I'm going to talk about is constantly happens. Similar thing happened in a Fiorentina game. So it doesn't clear his lines and he's beaten by Martinez. Mm. No thing. Um, did he watch the Leicester game, Leicester Napoli game? Yeah. Europa League? Was that the one yeah, yeah. they drew 2-2, two, two, I believe? Yeah. 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 A great game. Harvey Barnes, amazing. That was him in finish. By, by Port Perez for the first goal no 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 it was, the, the yeah. was a goal by Ozzyman as well yeah, that was we, fantastic no, in that game I, no I'm not talking about the attack everyone knows what Napoli got at there's no point in me talking about the strengths yeah. right there's no point you've cl- all talked about how great Napoli is you've talked about the recruitment you've talked about all the strengths so, uh, I yeah. don't need to cover that yeah. I need to cover why they're not going to win Serie A go on then right so if you actually watch that game five minutes in Barnes has given him havoc couldn't clear his lines Similar thing happened. First goal, didn't clear his lines. Same thing happened with the second goal. And I think when when Koulibaly leaves for the African Cup of Nations, it's going to, you know, oh, that, yeah, that's that, a massive that, that, that vital that vital month, it's, like, who's going to replace Koulibaly? I don't really think Manlas is at the yeah. same stature as Koulibaly. And that no, could be not. a bit, bit of an issue. Yeah. And then you, you look at the other, the other teams in Serie A, not many of their defenders are going to be going away. Who's uh, Napoli losing in the Afghan? Is it Koulibaly, Osman? Koulibaly, and Osman. Is and it Angisa as well? Angisa, I believe so, because he's Senegalese. He's Cameroonian. Is he Cameroonian? Yeah. Okay, my so. bad. Right. Yeah, so they're going to be losing three key players of that spine. And the reason yeah, why Napoli have never won the league 
is because they've never had this. They've, they've never had key players. I think that you make a very good point. Like yeah. the depth yeah, the you mean, combinations yeah. is massive, man. Yeah, yeah, the depth of the midfield, uh, their defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, no, uh, essentially, I was thinking, why are you going with uh, talking about Rahmani when Manolas and Koulibaly are now? But you're right uh, because. To, to have a winning league team, you need so it's the, you yeah, need it's good their back line, isn't it? More than anything, that's not yeah. You need the question Cre- mark. Creating chances. If uh, so, apologies there, lads. We we lost uh, some. You know, there was some battery issue there. We lost the recording. Battery a bit, issues. But my bad. Uh, we'll go back to Ali, uh, and so you were sort of giving us the breakdown. We know that they're going to have key players missing in the African Cup nation. So just sort of let us know what else they'll be able. You know, what what they're going to struggle with that might stop them from winning the league. Well. The last the last time Napoli actually won the league was nineteen eighty nine nineteen ninety when you had a key player Maradona there. I don't think Napoli have any key players. So if you actually look at Inter Milan, Inter Milan last season, Antonio Conte brought in leaders. Juventus had leaders. You know, in the Premier League, Manchester United had leaders. I have to disagree. You know, I think you're underrating the Napoli players right now. Koulibaly yeah, they, they and Senior. No, no, Lozano is even an experienced player now. Aspina. Yeah, no, I, I get. Nah, see, I don't really. They, like, they don't have a talisman. No, no, I'm not. It's yeah, not, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's not, not a talisman. For me, it's I wouldn't yeah, say that. Insignia, Koulibaly, Ozum, and these type of players. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but two though. Well, three is always actually going away in the key month yeah. of January. But you said that and they don't have them. They have them, but they'll just be unavailable for a month. I don't know. C- c- can they be? In, uh, can they be, be better than a- AC as well? I don't well, know. we're going to find out. That, that, that that's match is going to give yeah. us a lot of answers, isn't it? Yeah, but no, it's 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 not just that. When you when you lo- lose those key players and then they come back in February, they have to get back back in jail with the team as well. It takes time. Yeah, I, I mean, see it. I see it with my own eyes with Liverpool and Sadio Mane. The thing is, the only mm. thing I would say that I would disagree on is that looking at their January schedule, they play Juventus, and that's the only team in the top six that they play in January. They, like, I know, but what I'm highlighting is is. is is Rahmani good enough to replace Koulibaly with Manolas? No, no, there? It will that, definitely, they'll definitely the suffer. They'll suffer. I, like, I, I doubt they'll go the entire well, I season. I don't think it is, yeah. Their centre-back's depth is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. definitely. But my point is, like, outside of the African Cup of Nations and any injuries, like, you're right, if there's any injuries to any of these players, which there is with Manolas right now, then they might might struggle a lot. But the thing is that I th- I still think they will win the league is because they're not relying on their defence too, too much at the minute to, like... The underlying metrics is not like Ospina's playing like out of his skin or that the defenders are making last minute blocks or, or constantly. It's that they're defending by being by the better the team. Having yeah. such control, yeah. yeah. Having such control. But so if they the maintain defense helps that, with that control. It does, it does. But I'm saying like they can weather that storm mm. like for a bit. It's like the old saying, defenses win leagues, that, that, strikers win that games. That second phase of the season when it comes to January or February time when players have to come back from African Cup of Nations and they're going to be exhausted. Yeah. And you remember that? So will will that span of Angisa, Koulibaly and Osman be alright when they come back? Will mm. they be hitting form straight away? Will they not? Will will Zlatan score hat tricks every other game? That's yeah. the thing with Milan on their heels. Like if they build up a gap before the Appen Combinations, they might be able to like, like No, but yeah, but, but Milan will lose Frank Kessier, but, Kessier but I think yeah. I think that's not as bad as what Napoli will be losing. I, I wonder if yeah. Milan will fall off. Like a little bit, just by their own. I think Milan will just because, like, I mean, it's nah, not a Milan I podcast. Think, I, I think they, well, they'll be knocked out of the Champions League, and they won't be in the Europa League. They oh, will be that's fine. a good point. Yeah, they're not going to be in the Europa League. You know the, the the Serie A season, man. Like Serie A this year is so interesting. Like, yeah, definitely. Obviously, we've just highlighted uh, Napoli there in in all forms, 
and you know talking about their competitors there Milan you've still got Juventus you know they, they could like literally fix up and, and see what happens there oh, Pro- I think they probably won't but I think Juventus are too far gone now yeah. for a title push but Inter yeah. Milan are there Ro- nah to be honest with you guys Roma I, as well I was more optimistic about Roma do you remember that time we discussed them I was very optimistic about well, them they started off really well didn't they I'm not gonna lie. There's some negative Mourinho vibes happening already. It's it's already seeping in. <laughs> I mean, since that time they got. It's true, you know. It's kind of like predictable destroyed. now. Yeah. yeah. You're just waiting for him to have a have a um, you know a field day with the new the press and uh, yeah. I think it'll players go are gonna down. fall out. It'll, yeah, it'll go down to Milan and Napoli, but I think Inter and Atalanta as well have an outside yeah, we chance. Yeah, I mentioned Atalanta, I suppose. Right. I was gonna mention some uh, January transfer targets as well. So, yeah. um, with uh, Osman going. Bring back Andres Schmelik, who's who's on loan right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Schmelich, yeah. His name is, yeah, he's I on loan, so he's still on the books. He's is a Marseille. I think Marseille oh, one yeah, or yeah. the other. I can't remember. Bring him back. He's, he's in all right form. And then try and negotiate something with Juventus and bring in Demiral to. Um, yeah. to is Demiral not a key player for Juve at the moment? You know he's on loan at no, Atlanta. Try and bring him. Try and bring him if you can. Yeah, yeah. You get that? So that's that's two key key players you can actually bring in. Atlanta's gonna. No, no, they have a say in that. Yeah, yeah, they do. But I'm saying that that could be a possibility. You know, and yeah, you're right. They do need to get those key players in. Can possibly help Napoli win the league if that is the case. Yeah, but wouldn't Damaral have to like negotiate ending the? Loan early with Atalanta and then going out, and I don't think there's a rule about registered with two players, uh, two teams, right? So you can't register for a third team. He'd be registered with Juventus and well, I'm Atalanta. Not, I'm not sure on that, yeah. but yeah. but that's, yeah, that's what I thought would make sense. I think sort of what Ali said to me it makes January so crucial, both in terms of the absences of those players and how they replace them. You know, obviously you don't want to buy players for the sake of a month, right? But they they need to have players in there if they're going to sustain a title push. Because yes. the, the backups at the moment, especially centre-back. I think, like you said, though, if they manage to put the, a, a gap between them and Milan heading into that month, that'll yeah. be crucial. Because I think Milan is like just too inexperienced at the minute for a title push. You know, like Alan Hansen can't win anything with kids. I feel like they'll they'll fall off a little <laughs> Don't bit. Don't they have Zlatan and Olivier bring the average age up for the whole team, doesn't <laughs> Well, that's why they brought in Zlatan and uh, Giroud, right? Brand so you're right, you're right. But I feel like still the spine of that team is really young. I mean, Tonali and Liao and uh, yeah. Hernandez and stuff, like they're just still a really young yeah, team. It's going to so. be a great follow and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, those two matches, the Lazio and the <laughs> Inter Milan matches against Napoli. But thanks very much, lads. I feel like I've actually learned quite a lot about Napoli and uh, vested yeah. interest in their season going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's a 3-4-3 three, three vested interest, isn't it? There we Thank go. But yeah, thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank Ciao. you, guys. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube and TikTok by searching the handle 343football. That's F-U-T-B-O-L. And on Instagram by searching 343 Podcast. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Stitcher and all other major podcast networks.